we welcome you to the We Love Arabian Horses podcast. We host multiple opportunities to learn more about the Arabian horse, and we share the breed for horse lovers of all ages. We Love Arabian Horses is sponsored by Markel, the insurance company with Horse Sense. To learn more about the We Love Arabian Horses Foundation, please visit our website at weloveArabianHorses.com. This is Paul Costa with We Love Arabian Horses, and we are thrilled today to have with us two ladies that are going to be interviewed today. We've got Mary Lou Hauge, who is the president and amateur committee co-founder. Hello, Mary Lou. Hello. Nice to be here today. Yes, and we've also got Carol O'Shea, who is the executive director of the Arabian Horse Association of Arizona. Hello, Terrell. Hi, Paul. Thanks for inviting us. Yes, we're thrilled to have you. We're going to talk a lot about Arabian horse promotion, and y'all have done such a great job there in the Scottsdale and Arizona area and even farther beyond that. So let me just uh, let everyone know exactly who you guys are. Mary Lou is the current president of, and of the Arabian Horse Association of Arizona and the founder, co-founder of the Amateur Committee, which is very, very involved. Carol has been the executive director of the Arabian Horse Association of Arizona for over 20 years, and she does a fantastic job. So thank you both for being here. I really appreciate it. No problem. So the question I start out with very first for everybody is, what was your first introduction to an Arabian horse, and what has brought you to your passion for Arabians for so many years to today? Mary Lou, why don't you start and give us a little history for your experience with Arabians? Uh, well, uh, I rode when I was young, but not Arabians, and then I took about 30 years off, and then I wanted to get back into riding. So I called about five different places asking them about lessons, and the only one that answered me back was uh, Linda Leslie, and she uses Arabians in her lesson program. So I started riding uh, Arabians, and I just stuck with it because they're just the best. They're the, the most people horses that I know of. And, of course, from taking lessons, and I bought a horse, and then, of course, I bought a couple more, and I started breeding. And at one point, I had a big ranch that had 55 horses on it, and now I'm retired, and I'm just working for the Arabian Horse Association of Arizona. Wow. You had a ranch with 55 horses? That's a big responsibility. Yeah, it was a big job, but it was fun. Oh, I bet. Well, Terrell, tell us a little bit about your background. Well, my background with Arabian horses started when I was three years old. My uncle set me on his horse so I could get my picture taken, and for every every single day following that, sitting on a horse, I asked my parents for a horse, and they said, when you're 13, we'll buy you a horse. So in the meantime, I took lessons, got involved in pony club, and... My first horse was an Arabian that we bought off of the polo field, so it was a polo pony, and I had numerous Arabians after that, but when I moved down from Canada to Scottsdale, I was horseless, so I saw a sign on the side of the road that said horse show on now, and so I called to see if I could volunteer my time at the horse show, and that was happened to be the Scottsdale Arabian Horse Show. So I actually ended up volunteering 
every day of the horse show in various positions from gate person to ribbon presenter to whatever they needed done, and I absolutely fell in love, re-in love with the Arabian horse and the Arabian horse community, and I'm totally hooked. I love it. It's it's who I am. It's, it's why I get up in the morning, and I'm lucky enough to have three Arabian geldings in my backyard, and makes my world go round. Wow. So that one little sign on the side of the road has turned into this. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of amazing. <laughs> it's fate for sure. Yeah, it is. It is. Well, thank you both for sharing a little bit about your background. I really want to focus today on what you guys have done as a club, not only with the Scottsdale Arabian Horse Show, but just with all of your promotional activities you know, throughout the year and, and helping share ideas without, throughout our community on how to promote shows and clubs and farms and whatnot um, to help us all as we want to promote our breed more effectively throughout the years. Cheryl, why don't you share a little bit with us about the Arabian Horse Association of Arizona and its history and how it's become literally one of the greatest shows on earth. So the Arabian Horse Association was formed in 1955, and it was a few wealthy families in the area that started to import horses from Poland and different parts of the world. And it was uh, a, a small community at the time, and so they thought, let's create a horse show. So the very first horse show only had maybe 20 horses, and that was in 1955. Well, through the years, it's grown to the largest horse show in the world. And it, we're so proud of it here in Scottsdale because many of the the major housing developments, the, the malls everyone goes to, the restaurants, have all been built where Arabian horse farms used to be. And so Chauncey Ranch and Ganey's and and McCormick Ranch and, you know, Wrigley Mansion, they all have a really rich Arabian horse horse history. And so I think the community, Scottsdale in particular, is very proud of the impact that Arabians have had in the valley. And so I think that a lot of the success of what we do and, and the Scottsdale Horse Show is, not only the pride that the community has, the non-horse community has, but we've now become the mecca for the Arabian horse. People have moved their farms and ranches, and they have second ranches here in Scottsdale so they can acclimate for the Scottsdale show. But it's, you know, you can't go anywhere leading up to the Scottsdale show where, where there's not an Arabian horse sign or a radio ad or a TV ad to promote the horse. And and so we as a club take such pride in that, that we we work on that year-round through farm tours and other horse shows that most people don't know, but we, we produce about four or five other horse shows throughout the years, throughout the year, as well as the Scottsdale show. They may one-day shows or three-day shows or five-day shows, but we invite the community to all of our events in hopes that people will meet and fall in love with an Arabian horse. Well, I think it's really interesting because 
you, you have an advantage in a sense because there's such an impact with the Arabian horses in that community for so many years, but it also, it's a heightened level of responsibility to maintain the growth and the impact on a continued basis. I'm sure that Arabian horses, in a sense, are a, a, a big part of the community. Even those people that aren't necessarily horse people are well aware of Westworld and Scottsdale and the Arabian Farms, and like you said, all those residential developments that have carried the names of the same farms that owned them many years ago. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It's, uh, you know, you can't come to Scottsdale and, and not experience an Arabian horse, so we're really lucky to be involved in so much outreach and have the city of Scottsdale embrace embrace us like they do. Yeah. Mary Lou, as president, what has been your focus and how have you contributed to growing the Arabian community, specifically in Scottsdale and, and the surrounding area? Well, first of all, I have a little story, and it starts back in, I think, 1994. I went, uh, I moved to Scottsdale, and I went to the Arabian Horse Show, Scottsdale Arabian Horse Show, and I... I, I was really interested. I really wanted to kind of get into it and see the horses and all that. And I just got really lost. I didn't have any idea what was going on, what what the what the horses were doing, what I was looking at. So when I did get involved in the Arabian horses and uh, more with the club, my um, my contribution has been to get new people involved with the Arabian. And how do we do that? And I think the biggest thing is that you have to make it easy for them because there's plenty of other things that people can do. They can they can go buy a boat or they can go play soccer or whatever. And so we just decided that we needed to get Arabian horses out in front of the public and then give them a chance to to touch them and to learn about them and to get involved with them and just make it as easy as possible. So well, our, go on. I, go ahead. I, I, yeah, I think that the what you pointed out is very critical and, and it's actually one of the goals of We Love Arabian Horses as an organization is to promote the Arabian horse beyond ourselves. So the access that you talked about, creating easy access for people to not only touch an Arabian, but then to find out where can I go get lesson programs or where can I take my children to ride. Those, the, the easy access is really a critical component of bringing people to our breed uh, more frequently. So I'm glad you pointed that out. Exactly. So you know, all, of, all of our events are things that we do to try to get out into the public we also try to get our, our local trainers that are members of our club to give us, like, um, cards that will have a free lesson on them or a discounted lesson or something like that. So when we're out there, we take the horses. We do a lot of little special events we do. We've gone – we do the March of Dimes March for Babies. Um, we've done Chick-fil-A Family Night we take horses to. We we do booths at the Vera Jackson um, car auction, any place that we can get to where there, there's non-horse people, 
and we try to get them to, to get involved and touch and then give them our, our, our cards that have free lessons and things so that they don't have to try to look up and see where the lessons are or whatever. It's just right there where they can just sit down when they go home for dinner and say, gee, I think I should take a lesson. And, and here's the phone number right here. Well, and I want to point out something you said. So you've got you've got things that you're involved with throughout the year. We're not even talking about the Scottsdale show itself right now. We're talking about throughout the year, so the 11, other 11 months of the year, you're doing things that are involving horses and Arabian horses in particular, um, like the farm tours and parades and trail rides. But you're also making sure that you're at events that are not even horse events, like the Barrett-Jackson and other places where you're getting a large crowd of people who are the right um, target audience for exposure. I think that's an important point here. I think that's exactly right. We've really tried hard to to get the horses out there. I mean, we've been to uh, events at hotels. I've taken horses down the hallways through the hotel to get to get to do what we call meet a horse. We when we do meet a horse, we uh, have horses, good quiet horses that are dressed up in the um, Arabian costume, and we let people get up on them and get a free picture of them on an Arabian horse and they they get the idea that they're not flighty and they're not crazy and uh that they really like people and while we're doing that I'm usually talking to people about the history of the Arabian horse and various things of how we take care of our horses that kind of stuff to educate them too and get them involved. Well Mary Lou so I'm asking you two questions is one you've got I think uh, the amateur committee that you formed is very involved in helping make all this happen. Is that correct? Absolutely. We have um, uh, the amateur committee is is a committee of the Arabian Horse Association of Arizona, and I, I think we have about 20 core people that meet once a month, and we plan our events, and and those are the main people that volunteer and help us out. And then we go out and ask our friends and things too, to please come and help us. Uh, but we, we started the amateur committee and I think the key to getting a committee going is it has to be fun too. It can't just be work all the time. So uh, we make it fun. We have, we always a little uh, light dinner when we're meeting, and sometimes we'll bring a, a bottle of wine or something at the same time, and uh, we just enjoy each other, and we start, everybody is is open to new ideas, and we let people who are interested in a certain thing, say education or something, then we, if they're interested in that, please, we let them be in charge of that, and uh, get going on the education, or if they're interested in events or things like that. Uh, and we always have it on the first Wednesday of the month, which I think is really important to pick one day and stick with that, so people know exactly when they're supposed to come to the committee meeting, and they'll they'll block out that time on their schedules. And uh, it's been very successful that way. Well, and I think, you know, what's interesting to me is I've been on a lot of amateur committees and um, both at the club level and regional and, and, and with our association, and most of the time the amateur committees are mostly involved with what rules they want to change or what classes they want to add. 
things all involving the show ring. And you've actually given it through the Arabian Horse Association of Arizona. You've given the amateur committee a whole other purpose. In addition to those other things, you've given them the purpose of finding and promoting the Arabian horse, finding opportunities and promoting the Arabian horse throughout the Scottsdale area, which gives you all another thing to go have fun doing. Yes, and and really a lot of our people even don't own a horse, but they they love the horses, so they're just glad to come and volunteer and help out. I love that. I think it's really great, and I, I like the way you purpose the amateur committee to have this specific role, and of course anybody can jump on and help you guys. I'm sure you don't have to have to be an amateur, but it would be or competing amateur, but it helps to um, have a secondary purpose that is very, very important to the promotion. And the promotion that y'all are doing is to promote the Arabian horse as an outreach, not specifically promoting the Arabian horse to come and visit the Scottsdale Horse Show. That's a byproduct. Absolutely. Because people are involved with the Arabians for lots of different reasons, not just to show horses necessarily. Well, exactly. And I think as a breed – Sometimes we forget that, that there's a lot of people that own Arabians that never set foot at a horse show. For sure. So, Terrell, let's talk about um, with the association, um, what y'all are doing to promote the Arabians throughout the community and, and has so much presence. Just tell us why and how that works. Sure, Paul. I touched a little bit on it before, but really uh, – This board has been very proactive in any type of breed promotion. And like Mary Lou said, the amateur committee in particular kind of does whatever they think is a good idea to promote the horse. Our youth committee kind of does the same thing too in a little different way. Uh, They have directors that everyone heads up, like maybe the charity committee. Most people don't know that we're a nonprofit, so a lot of our money is given back to charities we feel make a, a difference in the community or in the Arabian industry. So what we do is leverage a lot of you know, our connections with our charities, like a March of Dimes, they're asked to promote the horse show in exchange for their donation. We started writing these these agreements where we'll donate $25,000, but in exchange we would like volunteers to help out at the horse show. We would like to be at their March, of, March for Babies kickoff with tens of thousands of people, and then we would like for them to help us promote the horse show. So we do a format like that with all of our charities to try and have them get to people we might not be able to promote the Arabian horse to. And with that, it's given us tons of opportunities throughout the year to, like Mary Lou said, take horses places where Arabian horses might not normally be, horses might not normally be. And, you know, I can tell you throughout the years, the Arabians, if they show up, they're the hit of you know, if we're helping with a grand opening of a housing development, they're the hit. People are lining up to get their picture taken, to to learn a little bit about them because they're just such amazing animals. But the other thing that we do, Paul, is on a business side, we, we're involved with tourism. We're involved with many City of Scottsdale uh, committees and task forces. Uh, you know, 
to everything from the police chiefs committee, wherever we can make a difference because we are such a huge tourism driver, we we use that advantage to try and, and introduce people to the Arabian horse. And so, you know, there's endless possibilities. So we have so many people that are members of our club that that they they have pride of ownership uh, in exposing the Arabian horse, and we give them, you know, free reign. Please promote the horse. Here's tickets to an event. Invite someone who's never come. So it's always every year is slightly different, but most of our good ideas come through collaboration of our amateur committee, our youth committee, you know, our board of directors, our members. We're kind of that's the thing. I think I'm most proud of is we look at every single comment, every single suggestion, and we try it out. Yeah. And I think it's to a lot of our success. Well, but I think what I hear you saying kind of on a, on a broader scale is how you're getting yourself entrenched in the community is not just going to these different organizations and asking them for their assistance, but you're actually providing your assistance back to them by being on their committees and also helping with um, their goals as well. So it's like you said, the word is collaboration. You're creating a bilateral agreement, and it's it's mutually beneficial to all the parties as opposed to, hey, can you all send some people over here? We're doing a farm tour. You're actually getting involved to help them with their events as well. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Which then a lot of those events you then might even present Arabians at. So I think that's a very important point. Um, so Mary Lou, you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but with a, a, a large organization like the Arabian Horse Association of Arizona, you've got a lot of committees, in particular the amateur committee, the youth committee, the breed promotion committee, and the futurity committees. What do you do to keep all these people involved and happy? And other than the wine part, which kind of perked me up, um, what what is exciting for you that you ha think you have such a good turnout for so many of these activities and committees to have people actually working hard for you? Well, again, I think I think part of it is trying to make it fun so that you're not just because constantly on the amateur committee we're asking them to volunteer for things, but. Uh, it's kind of also a pride of ownership thing. When we do, uh, say, the meet a horse at the Scottsdale show, uh, it takes, we have four horses lined up and a whole line of people where we're getting these people up on these horses, and it takes 21 volunteers each day for us to do that for an hour. So at the end of every one, you know, we we clap and we thank everybody and we say thanks again for getting it done and not having anybody get hurt and uh, all sorts of things like that. But I think that people really, we try to make them feel like they're really part of something. Right. Uh, to get all these things done. And also just listening to people and listening to their ideas and, uh, recognizing that that everybody has good ideas and that and to include them in our organization. So, so a you 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 thank them for their time, you honor them and appreciate them, and you listen to them. Those are some kind of key points that are actually causing a greater result because people feel honored and excited to be part of the structure you've cr created there. I think so. Yep. 
So one question I was going to ask you, Mary Lou, is so how many events are y'all participating in just roughly on an annual basis, not other than the horse show? Uh, well, <clears throat> we participate in the in the farm tours starting out in January, end of December, and beginning of January. That's the Arabian Horse Farm Tours, which is not our club, but our club uh, ha- has a few days of that. And uh, with with that, we decided rather than promoting one farm or one stallion or something like that, we again are promoting just the Arabian Horse. And we have uh, our trainers come together. We have demonstrations of uh, Western riding, English riding, you know, Hunter, all those different ones. But we also do the Mia horse there, and we also actually give little mini horse lessons. We get people up on the horse. We have somebody lead them, but we teach them how to steer the horse and how to stop the horse and a few things like that. Just anything to get people actually on the horse and involved. And that starts out our January. Then we kind of, well, then at the same time as as that, we have the Fiesta Bowl Parade, uh, which is a nationally televised parade that's right down the middle of Phoenix. And we take horses there, and we hand out uh, two-for-one tickets to the Scottsdale Show. So, again, we're hitting people that are not horse people, but they're, they know that we give out these tickets, and they got their hands out all the way down the whole parade route. Oh, wow. And uh, we do the same thing in Scottsdale. Um, right before the show, they have a parade called Prada del Sol, which is, uh, again, down downtown Scottsdale. And so we do the same thing there and hand out the two-for-ones and have our horses there for people to see. And they're always saying, hey, oh, there's the Arabians. They're so pretty. We have them dressed up in native costume, and we are headed down the parade route. And then we have um, clinics and seminars throughout the throughout the year, maybe two or three a year, that um, we open up to any anyone who wants to come, so all different breeds. And we'll have, like, a, last year we had a Western dressage clinic. We had a halter clinic um, and ranch riding. And we, ha- we have it priced so that the, the cheapest way for them to uh, come to the clinic is to actually join the club. And that way they can come to all the clinics, the whole series of clinics throughout the summer. That way we get members and we get emails and uh get people involved with the Arabians, even if they are, say, quarter horse people. Right. Oh, and we and that usually at those uh, seminars, we, we feed lunch to the people, and uh, that way we can chat with them and, you know, kind of uh, talk to them again about the Arabian horse. And we have things like we have had movie nights for our members, things that are just fun, too. Well, and then when is the Barrett-Jackson? That's right before the Scottsdale show. Okay. So throughout the year, you're participating in events either that you create or events that you take Arabians to. So you're you're putting Arabians in the public where they're already at as opposed to forcing them to come to the farm or to a, a clinic in every scenario. You've got some of both. As much as we can, we get them out there. Anybody that asks us to, we'll, we'll bring a horse to them. Well, I think that's brilliant. It's taking the horse right to where they already are as opposed to, you know, not that people wouldn't want to come see an Arabian or a farm, but they have to kind of think about that and drive over there and remember to be there 
versus they're already going to be at such and such event, and you're going to have an Arabian um, booth there or something that would expose them right there where they're already going to be for some other uh, reason or activity. Right, and again, every time we do an activity like that, we we have our our cards and things from our trainer, our local trainers that that are going to be that we can hand out right there, or the information on the club. So if people are curious about taking lessons or getting involved, they have the the phone numbers and the email and the website right there. That's great. Well, Terrell, Terrell, let me ask you the last question: If you were giving advice to Another club, which there's no club I don't think as big as the Arabian Horse Association of Arizona, but to smaller clubs and shows throughout the country or farms or, you know, breeders, what about any of this would you say are three suggestions for getting more exposure in their local area? That's a good question. I think uh, what I've seen, we've tried a lot of things. Some have worked, some have not worked, but I think Mary Lou hit on it. It's getting people involved uh, where they can have fun. Because I think if they can have fun, they'll come back. Uh, and so I think, you know, opening how how we first started it years ago is we would have the different farms. We would go in and sponsor, you know, events, clinics, or seminars. We would provide the food, and we would promote it. And I think we'd have a, a really good turnout and people w would sign up for the amateur committee. So I think just encouraging people in different clubs to do something that where they can show off their horses, they can get people involved and, and yeah. just kind of give them pride of ownership. I think throughout the years, Mary Lou touched on it, if people can feel like they're making a difference and they're, we're they're being listened to, they'll stay involved. And I think, you know, the big outreach is to, to get people involved and then they tell two friends and they tell two friends and so on and so on. And that's really worked for us. So mm -hmm. I think don't be afraid to try something new. Don't be afraid to you know, invite people to, you know, an open house. I think all of those things, we all hear the stories of how people uh, how people got involved. They were invited to an open house or their friend right. invited them to a horse show or whatever. But I think, you know, at, at the horse shows, specifically what's worked to engage people and engage club members is the behind-the-scenes barn tours. I mean, they love that. They love to to go to a show where we do a tour of a barn of a horse that's going to compete or and a person that's going to compete and give them a little information on the horse and the person, and they feel like they learned something special, and then they can go out and watch that horse or watch a different horse and kind of understand what it takes to get those horses prepared, the people prepared, you know, anything where they feel like they're learning something special, I yeah. think, has for us. And so we're always looking for those ideas. We're always, you well, know, listening. Yeah, and I think, I think you know, if I was to boil it down, I think you got two things going on here. you got you got to nurture your committee and whoever's going to be involved so you know you've got 10 or 12 or 15 volunteers to help. 
Then you got to pick an event that's a non-horse event to maybe be the first one that you go participate in that is where you can expose Arabians to people that aren't even at a horse event. You've also got all breed events you can participate in. So it's almost like you've got to have your, your team available, and then the team gets to pick the event that they want to choose if they're starting with one. Which one are we going to pick in our community this, this year? Um, is that kind of sound like a reasonable, easy step? Yeah, that sounds perfect. Way well, I beg your pardon? Way to sum it up. That was uh, <laughs> perfect. <laughs> well, I, I really appreciate your time, both of you. Thank you so much. Um, if anyone wanted to reach out to you with questions or follow-up and get a little advice and whatnot, um, Terrell, how would they reach you all? The best way to reach us right now is via email, and they can send me an email directly at info at scottsdaleshow.com. So it's I-N-F-O at scottsdaleshow.com, and I, I can, I'll respond, you know, as, as soon as possible. But anything they need, they can reach out to us via email. Well, thank you, ladies, for sharing all your advice and suggestions and certainly something that's been cultivated over many years. You do a great job. As a member of the Arabian community, I want to thank you both for everything y'all do to promote the Arabian. It's really um, admirable, and, and just on behalf of We Love Arabian Horses, thank you for your time today. Thank you, Paul. Thank you, Paul, and thank you for your work, too. Thanks again for listening today, and watch for our upcoming podcasts. We Love Arabian Horses is an ambassador community that promotes Arabian horses with fellow horse lovers globally. If you love this podcast and would like to hear more like it, make sure to subscribe to We Love Arabian Horses on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or wherever you're listening right now. To share ideas for topics and guests with us, and to learn more about sponsorship opportunities, send us an email to hello at welovearabianhorses.com.